0: Good morning everybody and welcome to today's show. Today is the 8th of March 2021. It is Monday morning, the start of a new week. I think we have our time change on the 14th. So the 13th would be Saturday. So Sunday morning um we're going to be ahead. So, you know, keep that in mind. I'll probably remind you again during the week. So that we don't all miss the show, myself included. So anyway, just putting it out there that I was just surprised. I thought it was just so early to have the time change. And then my daughter went through all the dates for the last years, and it's always been the middle of March. And I don't know where I've been, but for some reason I equated it with Easter. So either way, today we are going to talk about something that sounds like, hmm, what more could be said? About pure intent. And how do we know when we're there? Because there's some people that will come to us and they'll tell us, my intentions are good. You will never meet anyone with better intentions. People when they say that. Or they tell me what their intention is. Like I won't do this. And then they do that. So after a while, we stop trusting the, the words people use, right? We start saying, well, wait a minute. They said they wouldn't do this, and they did it. And they really did it, like big. A great example would be the day I got in a car accident, and the people that caused the accident said that they were going to tell the truth. They literally told me to my face, "We're really sorry, this is why this happened, and they explained to me the whole thing. And then when the police came and interviewed them separately, they said I hit them. The pictures proved otherwise, but they still said it. And I thought, wow, and and because of that, I never forgot it. Not because they didn't tell me the truth alone, But that the daughter, who was 15 years old, which was the one driving on a permit on an L.A. freeway, witnessed her mother telling me that and then witnessed what her mother told the police. That part bothered me. So I said, was she really coming from a good place or not? But by Monday morning, there were two attorneys, one for each. Neither of them got hurt at all. And they caused the wreck. And I had a picture of the mother's license. So I thought to myself, I wanted to go, and I had their phone number, and and somehow talk to this mother, either in person or ask her for coffee, but there's no way she was going to go and see me face-to-face because she'd already lied. But I wanted to, in my heart, I wanted to say, do you realize what you just taught your daughter? Because that's a mechanism that's going to be hard to break. And I wanted to go, or at least say that. And Christ said, let it play out. It doesn't matter. They need these lessons can't live their lessons for them. So I never went. I knew that they had to learn from their own lessons because now the accident was prevalent in their life in one way, but it was life-changing in mine in a great way, surprisingly so. But my intentions were pure. But I never said anything to them. I never said to them, hey, I have pure intentions in this, or hey, I believe you, or whatever. Time just taught us all who everybody else was. Because it's not what people tell us that's true. That action speaks louder than words has stood the test of time for a reason. So now that we can see it on the outside, how does it feel when you yourself are coming from your purest intent, just even towards yourself, like something as simple as washing your face in the morning instead of thinking you can make it for a day without it, eating well. taking your body for a walk so that it will work better. See, if you think of it that way, it's different than I went for a walk. I'm like, eh, let me take this old thing for a walk (laughs) and go. We have to have some kind of humor in our world when it comes to ourselves because we cannot laugh at ourselves the same If we're lying to ourselves, because then we're uptight, we're fidgety. Someone says something, we don't want to be bothered because we are hiding in full sight from ourselves. It is funny, this whole pure intent thing. It was the first thing that Christ dug in at me with, because my intentions for me to be happy was that if everyone else around me was happy, then I got to be happy. If I didn't serve the people around me well, or somebody was upset with me, I thought I wasn't a good person. If somebody was mad at me, and maybe I might not even know why exactly, then I wasn't a good person. Because how could I be a good person and another human being is upset because of something I've done. Time goes on, you realize you don't have that much power. You can't dictate someone's mood. They dictate their own mood. That's not yours to worry about. That's theirs. So the best way that I was taught to deal with situations was, died today, how would that person continue in their lives? Now you're gone, the stimulus of their anger, they'll still find a way to live. They may even replace you with somebody else to be angry about. Why not just put that on the shelf? That's not your business. And do your best in your life. You can't do your best tomorrow because tomorrow is not here. You can't do your best yesterday because yesterday already happened. But right now, you can. It's the only time that you can. It's the only time you can take care of yourself is right this minute. And sometimes hearing that, even in my own head, is my purest intent. Not, oh, I'm going to do this or I'm going to show them. That's anger and resentment and rebellion and vulnerability all rolled into one, I'll show them. Who is the them? They're not over there thinking about me and what I need to do for myself. I have to think about that. That's my ball to play with. Everybody's got their ball to bounce and everyone can decide how high they're going to let that ball bounce up in the air and come down. Nobody can do that for you. And the minute you think that another human being is going to fix you, give you what you want, make you what you want, allow you to be who you want, your intentions of purity are out the window because now you're going to have to either manipulate Control, guilt someone, because how else can you get someone enslaved to you to fix your life? And we have the catalysts to get us to get manipulated and and put ourselves in check that we've been manipulated and then run away because nobody wants to knowingly be manipulated. So once we know better, we can do better. Thank you, Maya Angelou, for that, one of my favorites of all time. When you know better, but our intentions begin and end with us. Even if our intention is to give up our life to someone else because we're too tired of living our own, and we give them all the energy we should be giving ourselves so that we can be a partner instead of a slave, enslaved to their thoughts, their ways, their mind. That's when we're in our pure intent. It's actually not as hard as I thought it was going to be. I used to think like pure intent was proving to everybody I was doing good for them. Look, I want nothing back. I'm such a martyr. Was I? Or was I using them to feel good? Because I didn't know any other way. Haven't been taught any other way. When we were younger, no one talked about emotions. We were taught not to have emotions. We were taught to sweep them under the rug and suck it up, whatever it was around us. We weren't taught to feel or to face our feelings. It was a put-up-and-shut-up era when I was growing up. We weren't part of the generation that everybody got a trophy, whether you won or lost participation trophy, a trophy for being in first place, a trophy for being in second place. It's like everyone left with something. We are of the emotional era because we were all cut off from it. And we grew up scrambling for anyone who would talk about feelings because we are like bottled up, and all of a sudden, you know, we start to know a lot of different people that have a therapist, and then Christ comes rolling in and starts saying, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, there's this thing called the fork in the road, and you can go back to it, and you can rewrite how you want to live your life, but this time, do it with love, and then we're like, well, how do you do that with love in this world, no one cares about love, he's like, ah, you just start trying. Well, how do I start trying? Well, start making decisions that mean something to you. That's all. That's what love is. Make decisions that mean something to you. Again, it all goes back to us. That whole self-accounting thing Christ talks about. All it means is, hey, the decisions are yours. When you make a decision, add love to the mix, plus love instead of plus one, plus love. And that's when you understand purity. Because now if someone says, why are you doing this? You know why. I love working with wood. I always wanted to work with wood. Look at these cabinets I make. Look at this music I write. I love organization. I can go into any company and and reorganize the whole company and it can be more efficient. I love to write. I love raising my children instead of, well, I'm just a mom. I understand that I'm putting people in our world who have certain skills. I love eating well because I did notice there's a difference in my body. Instead of, oh, I hate doing this. I have to eat this. Well, don't eat it then. Let yourself follow the love. You know, they say if you ever want to find out who did something corrupt, follow the money. But let's find out who does something great. Follow the love. Follow what you naturally would do or ask anyone else to do to better themselves. And take your own advice. There's people who told me, my intentions are pure. They never ever listened to me. They only listened to themselves. That was their story, their their spiel. And I realized when someone tells me that, I have to really like think about what I'm hearing. Because why does someone need to announce that? And the bigger tell is how they take care of themselves. When someone's intentions are pure, they have to be pure to themselves for any of that to spill over to you. But if they're not taking care of themselves and they'll tell you, you know, I can't stop smoking, I can't stop I can't get myself to exercise, I can't get myself to eat right, I can't they haven't worked enough with themselves to convince themselves that they're worth that attention they just haven't gotten there so how are their intentions going to be pure for you if they haven't been for themselves because they don't know what that feels like they don't know the value the bigness of knowing when your intentions are pure you don't have to convince anyone you don't have to tell them Time tells them, your actions tell them, the way you take care of yourself tells them. That's why we gravitate, we like latch on to people. We latch on to them when they're successful. That's why we're so starstruck because we're like, wow, they did it. And I want to feel how they feel instead of I'm that too. Maybe not in a huge public way, but hey, this is the best I've got. When I find better, I'll do better, but right now this is what I know. I see Maria wrote in chat, beautiful union, the beautiful union of all souls is simple in form. The purity that exists within simple love cannot be found. It is internal and it is earned in life again and again and again. And again, through pure intent of soul, through the self-accounting accounting of heart. From Origins of Truth, page four sixty-four. Thank you, Maria. And Liam writes in the chat: "Wednesday is a seven-year anniversary." Thank you, Liam, for reminding me. I said it so long ago. I feel like it already happened. Um, we've been doing this for a long time. Seven years. That's like a whole cellular turnover in our bodies every seven years. So let's see where this next bracket of years takes us. But intention, pure intent, quietest movement of self-acknowledgement that we have. Our brilliance is incubated in that purest of intent in us. And when we hit that point, when we hit it, we know. Because it's like you're standing there, you're at that fork in the road, don't know if you're making the best decision or not, but then something happens. All of the sudden, as you stand there, and you say hey i got me i've got my own back fear just you you actually could feel it float away from you doubt what can you doubt after you trust yourself that's gone too control doesn't even have a place it looks like the like this big of a problem to stick in this pure vessel of hope. So now control is like, well, there's no room for me here, and it's gone. Worry. What are you going to worry about? Most of our worries are about ourselves. But instead of worrying, we think about doing. So now there's no room for worry. It's like, trying to squeeze into this picture, and it's not invited, and that floats away too. All the guilt that you're not doing enough. You're not good enough. You're not worth this. You're not worth that. So if you do get something good that comes to you from the outside in, you push it away because you don't feel like you deserve it. And those thoughts sound foreign. Why would I think that? Because purity is so strong. All the things that ego wants from us to kind of detour us off our path. It's like they hit Teflon. They just slide and go the other way. They don't even know where to go. They don't even know how to fit into that picture. Once you own who you are. Ego can tell you, oh, you hurt your leg today. Don't do anything. You just sit. You hurt yourself. Poor thing. And your heart says, hey, I can get up and make myself a sandwich. I can still go to work or not. It depends how bad it is. But it talks in choices. Purity talks in growing, purity talks in, what can I really do and what can't I really do? Instead of using, borrowing ego, because it comes up with such great ideas in the moment. It, it sounds like it's your best friend. It's pampering you. It's it's coddling you. It's telling you you're okay no matter what you've done. And it's not that you're not. It's the reasons why it tells you, oh, they don't matter. Well, they do. Because if you don't think other people matter, how do you feel about yourself? Then you don't think you matter. If there's one thing I have learned in the last, this will be the 19th year, since I saw Christ, was that we tell on ourselves all the time. Some of the very first things People I met after I saw Christ taught me something called internal greed. They wanted to meet me because I saw him. They wanted all the information I had, and then they wanted to take it and go use it to be better than other people. Now that I know this, whoa, people don't know this. Like they were the ones who, who got the golden ticket. And after seeing it a few times, where they picked my brain until I was raw, but I was so excited that I saw Christ, I wanted to tell them everything. And I did! Spent days, years telling people, helping them. And they were the ones that once they sucked me dry, took it and felt like now they knew everything they needed to know, and they're gone. They're gone. But when they left, they put me down on the way out. There's other people that by now, my God, it's in the thousands that I've helped that will say, hey, when when Christ told you this, what did it mean? And then they took just that one meaning or two meanings and lived their life on those because their intentions was really to live their life on it, not to be better someone else because that whole thing about there's no soul more important than another doesn't sit the same in every single human's thoughts because some of us do want to be ahead of others at any cost sometimes but I learned to tell the difference over time by the way took a long time and a lot of hurt on my part I remember like women they came to me fast and furious, and I thought, wow, this feels like, like when a man's pursuing you, but they were women, Look, married or divorced, but women, and I, I loved my friendship with them and all of that until there comes this point of possession, wanting to possess me in some way or another, and I thought, wow, this feels like mimicking a relationship, but it's a woman, like, what does she want from me? I had no idea that to them the knowledge was that valuable. They taught me about every relationship every human has. The faster you go in will be the faster you come out. They're like these anomalies. They show up, but they were teachers, and they were very good teachers. And when I think of them, I pray for them, that I hope this knowledge settled them. I hope that it gave them understanding of itself. Telling the truth to ourselves is one of the hardest things to do. Because we can pacify, rationalize, we have a lot of tools under our belts. I really didn't mean that. That's okay. Well, no, you did. You meant it enough to do it. But it's not that you did it, it's why. What in you brought you to that? That's a question. A fair question to ask yourself. Because the person you really need to convince is you. And when you start to act from heart towards yourself, that alone changes you because that's getting all the way down to that bottom level and clearing out all the stuff you don't need anymore and getting rid of it. You really do get rid of it when you start to take care of you. And then when you start looking around in life and you see people suffering emotionally, you say, hmm, they didn't get to that bottom level yet, but I hope that they're on their way. That foundation, that part of us that we all know we have, but boy, the trail to it isn't pretty sometimes. But you can tell yourself that. Hey, you know what? It might be hard to actually take responsibility for certain things that have happened in my life. But they didn't happen to me. They happened with me. There's stuff that might happen to us. There might be something that happens to anything, like an emergency. But for the most part, we are part of the equation. We are the energy that also allowed it to happen. Why does everybody pick on me? Well, I don't know. Why do you have the energy that allows them to? I know that sounds funny, but I allowed people to pick on me for a long time. Didn't know what I didn't know. But once I knew better, I did better. I said, oh, I'm not going to let that run my life. That was working out well for me. That gave me anxiety. That made me sleep with my mind racing. What can I do about that? Why is that important to me? Okay, I don't need that importance. Let me be free of what I need back from it so that I can accept from my heart and not from fear, doubt, worry, control, or guilt. On that note, you guys, I am down to like 30 seconds. I want to tell you I love you. I will see you tomorrow. Have a great beginning of the week and drill down. Ask yourself questions. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com. With the Lucky Land Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere.